0: Thank you.
1: to church this Sunday morning. Thank you for being with us. Let's stand together. Grab your hymn books now. Brother Ken's going to come lead us. Uh, Let's worship the Lord together. Brother Ken, you lead us this morning.
2: Amen. We're going to sing a favorite hymn of ours around here. Page number 346 in your red songbook. I know my name is there. We'll do that first, second, and last verse this morning. Hymn number 346 today.
1: know that this morning. eh, Amen. We're glad to see you. Thank you for coming out this morning. Appreciate your presence on this beautiful Sunday morning. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. eh, Amen. Thank you for coming. I want to give you just a couple of quick prayer requests, and I'm going to ask Brother Halbert to lead us to the throne of grace. Please pray for Chelsea. Uh, We've been praying for her with her physical needs and the need for a kidney. She's having some other significant health issues uh, this week, so please lift her up in prayer if you would. Uh, I know she'd appreciate that. Please continue to pray that she'd find a donor uh, as that's uh, the only thing that's going to take care of this whole issue, so lift her up in prayer. And then I know you have been, but pray for our country. This is a good time of year to remember uh, our leaders uh, and our military. Amen? Uh, All holidays, Remind me of those men and women who are serving our country to keep the battle over there instead of here on our soil. So pray for those men and women, whether they be serving in America or all over the world. Brother Tim, you take us to the throne of grace this morning, and let's join Brother Halbert. Pray for us, Brother Tim.
2: Our gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have to be in your help this morning. We thank you, God, for the independence of our country, for this flag that is hanging here this morning, God, and for what it means. We thank you, God, for those men and women who are fighting to keep our freedom, those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice and those who sacrifice every day. Lord, we thank you for those that are here this morning who have served this great country and for what they've done for us. We thank you, God, for loving us when we are so undeserving. And I pray, God, that you'll be here with us in this service this morning just shine and show out, Lord. And we're here to worship you. And we thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. And pray, God, most of all, if there's one person here this morning that's not saved, that they will come to your saving grace today and not leave this building. We thank you, Lord, for loving us and for all you do in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Amen. You may be seated this morning. Love this song. i love to hear Brother Ken sing it. I want you to listen to it so carefully this morning. and Reflect about how good God's been to you. The song says, You've been good to me. Sing it.
0: I've been spared, pain and misery, even when I played the fool, your unseen hand was there protecting me, though I've had my share of troubles, I must confess to this reality, I have to raise my hands and say, to your promise you cleanse every stain that sin had left behind and just like it never happened you held me in your arms so tenderly you assured me of your mercy restored my soul completely oh lord
1: this morning i have been blessed would you agree that in this uh, independence day week we'd have to say our country's been blessed would you amen me that your family's been blessed and would you amen me that you've been blessed worship with us this morning sing it girls this. July 4th is usually a holiday weekend and lots of folks traveling typically, but our church is almost packed out this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Appreciate that so much this morning. Several things I want to bring to your attention. Uh, I know Brother Ken will talk about the lunch afterwards, but please stay with us. We'll have a good time of fellowship together Uh, next Sunday morning. Uh, During our Sunday school hour, we invite everybody downstairs with us. Uh, We'll have a baby shower for Zach and Ashley. Zach's one of our military boys, so we're delighted to uh, honor him and his uh, wife on their new arrival, new baby boy. So please keep that in mind. Please also be praying for our upcoming teen conference. Boy, I'm excited for this. Uh, And uh, note, church our teens that will be leaving on July the 15th at 8 a.m. So please have uh, that on your calendars. And radars, lots of things happening uh, over the next several weeks, uh, just uh, with our end of summer jubilee, the Women's Mountain Retreat, the Senior Saints Trip, and of course, all leading up to uh, September, moving up Sunday when our uh, kids move up to their different Sunday school classes, et cetera, et cetera. I want to call your attention uh, to our Operation Christmas Child Christmas in July. Uh, You will note there you've got a bulletin insert. Uh, This will be in your bulletin every week during the month of July. I want to explain. Uh, this is a big project for us. We're delighted to have a part in Operation Christmas Child every year. Uh, and we do this a couple of ways. We ask you to, of course, collect the quarters in the medicine ball, uh, medicine. Uh, uh, what are those bottles. That's the word I was looking for, uh, in the medicine bottles. Uh, and uh, that helps pay for the shipping for those uh, uh, shoeboxes. Then I know a lot of you, we're very grateful, a lot of you do personal uh, shoeboxes as our family does. But we do Christmas in July. In a request for you to bring in some things uh, that we can use for shoeboxes that are in addition to what you do personally. So I wanna remind you that we're not asking you to bring everything under every category. We are giving you options that you can bring in and almost all of these can be bought at the dollar store. I had a lot of questions about it already and I wanna clarify. You don't have to wait to bring in week four things on week four. These are just recommendations about what we would need each week. So if you wanna bring it all in at one time, you can do that. Everything will get put in that outer office outside of Brother Ken's office. So please keep that in mind anything you can do to help us out. We have a goal this year of 219 boxes in honor of 2019. That'll surpass what our church did last year. Uh, And every box, of course, also contains the plan of salvation. So we got a possibility of countless souls being saved by your dedication to this ministry. So please, please, please help us out with that. And then I do want to call your attention To the back of that little insert, the green language there is very, very important. For reasons that you understand, uh, there are certain prohibitions of things that cannot be sent. So please uh, note that if you would, specifically anything that's liquid that won't pass through international security, uh, candy, toothpaste, or war-related items, even soldier toys and things like that. And again, you understand many of the places where these shoeboxes go are in war-ravaged countries. So please be respectful of that if you would. And, uh, uh, and there are things in there that also share with you about what's included in each shoebox, so we appreciate your help in that. You can begin bringing in those things immediately. Before we get our kids to come up this morning, uh, I want to do just something a little, little different, but I feel the Lord would be honored if we do this Friday night. Our ladies, some of our, Renee and, 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 and Susan, two or three others, we're here working, decorating the church in honor of the 4th of July. And this will stay up through Memorial uh, through Labor Day. Uh, and I told them that, uh, that though I, I'm not somebody that loves the heat, say amen, I know two or three if you do, God will save anybody, amen. Uh, I love this time of year for what this represents. There, are, there is no color scheme and no decor that we do in our church that I relish more than red, white, and blue. I love, love, love what it stands for. I love, love, love the flag front and center. And I don't know how it's happened in our country that an American flag has somehow become a political hotbed. I told them here Friday night, I make no apologies for my unadulterated, unabashed patriotism. Amen, amen. So, amen. Amen. So I want you to stand to your feet all over the building this morning. Kids, I want you to stand with us. We're going to pledge just to the American flag. And when we get to that part that says one nation, join me in shouting out that prepositional phrase, under God. Let's say it together. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You can be seated. Our kids need to see what that means. Amen? All right, let's get all the youngsters heading down to Children's Church and Junior Church. Come on, make your way this morning. If you're heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on, make your way down. Visitors, they're going to collect any loose change you got. This is our Penny March. Take off, young folks. Thank you so much. Ushers, make your way down. Lydia and ladies, y'all come get ready to sing. Uh, Miss Debbie, y'all sing during fellowship song afterwards. Y'all come on this afternoon. You be obedient unto the Lord with his tithes and your offerings. God will richly bless you for that. Special request for this song because of the time of year that it stands for. I sure like it, and I hope it will bless your heart. Lord, pray your blessings upon the offering today. Bless the gift and the giver. Lord, may your son be magnified and glorified in all that we do. Jesus' sweet name I pray. Amen.
3: Do you know how it feels to know something's missing and hear a still small voice that keeps dismissing? Do you know how it feels to be troubled inside,
4: to think just for you?
2: together one more time while you're standing don't forget about our lunch right after the services this morning downstairs all welcome to attend then also have one more announcement as we'll, we'll be celebrating the pastor's birthday downstairs this morning hope you come out for that then uh josh and jesse has volunteered their home to have a teen activity on july the 13th this is for all, for all the teenagers starting at 3 p.m we'll be having some food fun and games the uh, just be a little bit of a preparation as they're getting prepared to go to the teen conference in the coming week. So it's uh, they do say bring some extra clothes along with you because there will be some water games involved and uh, it'll be a good time. We had a good time there a couple years ago when we was at their house but I'm uh, looking forward to a good time of fellowship. We often don't get to sing a lot of patriotic sh- songs and it's probably shame on me for it but we're going to do one this morning. hope you know it. hope it's in your heart. Page number 435. Oh beautiful for spacious skies. We'll do that first verse course. Have us a time of fellowship this morning. Hymn number 435.
1: While you're coming back to your seats, let me give you a prayer request. I mentioned this during uh, our Sunday school up here, but I want to call everybody's attention to it. A lot of you know Miss Charlotte Thomas. She sits right here in the middle, um, and uh, she was washing her car yesterday, stepped off her driveway, Tripped and fell and has broken her collarbone. I said shoulder during Sunday school, but it's her collarbone. So she's watching this morning. So Miss Charlotte, we love you. We're praying for you. And uh, let me just take a moment and welcome all of those that are joining via live stream. We have all kinds. Sometimes we'll have in excess of a thousand folks who will view a program over the course of a week, and several of them do them live. I'm so glad to have Miss Jackie back with us. Miss Jack. yeah, she's had all kinds of... Sir- Jackie's daughter, too. We're glad to have her, but... Uh, Miss Jackie's had surgery. She's broken her hip. She's done all kinds. She looked at me over here and she said, I ain't quitting, preacher. I ain't quitting. Uh, she couldn't sing for several weeks. Uh, surgery on her esophagus, but she's back singing with us this morning. You pray for them this morning as they sing, and then we'll get into the Word of the Lord today.
5: You know, it's not no accident. The two songs require a song. Goes right along with what Debbie and I are going to sing today. First of all, it's good to be in the house of God. I know I was older I get. I don't look in the past. And I look in my present and my future. And you know, you feel so good when you don't worry. I've been through trials. Yes, I've had my share. And it's not been easy. It's been easy to give up, but I couldn't. Forty-five years ago, the Lord saved me and Debbie. It looks like the old I get now. All I want to write songs about, I sing about, is Lord save the lost. Yeah. I've got a burden for lost souls. That's always on my mind. I don't. It seems like none of nothing else bothers me. So I was thinking about some of my members in my family. They just don't see the need to go to church and be saved, and I don't understand it. So uh, I wrote this right after my mother died, and. Uh, my dad was gone, and it seemed like it wasn't nowhere else to go, and I just started writing songs in 1997. So I hope it'll be a blessing. It's entitled to talk with the Lord. Amen. Lord, rivers I'd never crossed without you. I've seen mountains so high I could not climb. Lord, you held my hand as I walked through the dark valley. Now there's one more favor I ask of you. Lord, speak to the hearts of my lost and dying loved ones. Show them their need to be saved. Open their hearts to the need of a Savior Who took our place at Calvary What is it's so good to walk with you day by day i've reached up you held my hand all the way through the tears through the heartaches and sometimes pain you came through like sunshine after rain lord speak to the hearts of my lost and dying loved ones Show them their need to be saved, open their hearts to the need of a savior who took our place a cavalry. Yes, he took our place a cavalry.
1: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Brother Eddie, you come on this morning real quickly. Congregation, turn to the book of Joshua, please. Book of Joshua. Brother Eddie's just returned from a several-week trip down in Monroe County, uh, Mississippi, Uh, And I want him to share with you some of the things that happened there. Real quickly, uh, we're going to have an afternoon where we can relax downstairs. The child care center's closed this week for the holiday, so we don't have to rush and anything like that. We're going to relax and enjoy ourselves. We'll not have services tonight. We will have services Wednesday night. And I want to invite you to be with us on July the 3rd. Uh, I'm going to share some things about our nation, and I want to have a special time of prayer for the whole church around the altar to pray for our country, to pray for our president, the leaders of our country, and our military. So be with us
6: Wednesday night. Brother Eddie. As most of you You know, I just returned Friday night from Monroe County, Mississippi. Some three and a half months ago, they had a, a tornado that destroyed totally just about all of monroe county down there damage in every community that you can name we spent april part of may part of june down there the people 30 some families houses that we were able to work on uh roofs on some temporary roofs on some handicap ramps for people that's uh was lost their legs and accidents and stuff and couldn't get into uh, campers where they had to move into, homes flooded out, but we were able to put on several roofs, temporary roofs on several, build handicap ramps, houses that was flooded, was able to strip them, but the people, every one of them said they wanted to thank our pastor, our mission board, our church, and the other churches that put up the money to come down there and help people. that could not help their self, and especially from the Emergency services of Monroe County, Mississippi. They said they want, us, they would love to stand before y'all this morning and thank y'all personally for them. And I told them I would pass it on to my pastor, and my pastor asked me to pass it on to you. People, count count your blessings. Amen. Always count your blessings. Amen. Thank you, brother
1: Eddie. Appreciate that, brother. Amen. Well said, my friend. Joshua chapter 23 this morning, if you would please. Joshua chapter 23, we're going to dive right in. I want to begin by reading verses 1 through 11. There'll be other verses that we read, but I want to start with reading verses 1 through 11. If you found your place, say amen. Came to pass, a long time after that, the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age, Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for the heads, for their judges, and for their officers, said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you, for the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot. These nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off even unto the great sea westward. The Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight. Ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Notice verse 6, please. Be ye therefore very courageous... "...to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that you turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, that you come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor calls to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God." As ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. Verse 11, take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Lord, thank you for your presence this morning. It's already been good to be in your house. Lord, we come to the part of the hour that's so crucial. Surely, God, not because I'm doing it, but because you ordained preaching. So, Lord, I pray that you take the message. I know you've laid on my heart. Use it to bless the people today. Strengthen us. And Lord, may somebody walk out of here closer to you than the way they walked in. We'll thank you and praise you in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. How many of you saw this morning the article in the Martinsville Bulletin highlighting the, our church? Several of you did. If you haven't, I encourage you to go home this afternoon grab your Martinsville Bulletin. Uh, It's a series of articles talking about some of the churches in our community that are regrettably closing. And then uh, uh, there's a joint uh, joint article that talks about how to quote the article, seemingly our church is bucking some of the national trends. I'm going to be very respectful here because you understand that we uh, are certainly blessed of God, uh, but I want to be respectful of those churches that are struggling. I was sitting on the tarmac at Phoenix Airport, uh, waiting for the plane to take off. They came on and said there would be a significant delay, so I turned my cell phone back on. And I had a text message from the uh, uh, author or the the writer of that particular article at the Martinsville Bulletin. And it took my breath away when she said, uh, Can we talk? It's about your church. Now, when the, pre- I, when the press says we need to talk about your church, I can't begin to tell you the 27,000 things that went through my mind. First thing I thought was, oh, my gosh, something's happened to a kid in the child care center. Then I thought, nope, Pam would have let me know about that. Then I thought, oh, my gosh, there's been another storm at the church, and it's split in half. And then I thought, nope, my goodness, one of the deacons would have called if the steeple was off the top of the building. So I called her up and I said, Holly, what's going on? And she began to describe for me that they were doing a series of articles that dealt with the, the, uh, our community and the downsizing that's happened in our community and the impact that that has had on some houses of worship. And she began to ask some questions about the merger of our two churches uh, some eight and a half years ago and how that model worked and things like that and I laughed with her. My wife was sitting beside me. I said, Holly, we thought this was a story eight and a half years ago. I'm glad y'all finally caught on to it. And She laughed with me, and she asked, first of all, how we came up with the name of the church. I told her that we just put the two names together, and that, the, that Brother Danny had actually suggested that we call the name of the church Miracle Baptist because it was a miracle that two Baptist churches came together. Amen. If you read some of the details of the article. There's two or three things that are not quite right and that sometimes happens. Uh, One of the things it says is that I started Amazing Grace Baptist Church in 2011 uh, and what I said to her was I started at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in 2011. That sometimes happens but what I got out of that article as I was reading it she sent me a proof copy and then as I was reading it was this simple reality, folks, uh, that God has blessed uh, this church. We have been abundantly and marvelously blessed of the Lord. I want to be very careful with what I say next, because I got asked a question. It did not appear in the article, and I'm glad that it didn't, but she asked the question, she always. She's very kind. She calls me Dr. Hodges. She said, Dr. Hodges, would you agree that in order to main, remain relevant, you have to compromise and change with the times? And I took a deep breath and I said, Holly, our methods have to change, but our message cannot change. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have never, descri- I never dreamed that we would be broadcasting across the country and even around the world. We do that now. That's a method that changes. But the message is still the same. We will never, God help, ever change the message that we deliver from this pulpit. And it is as relevant today as it was 10, 20, 30, and 100 years ago. So what does that have to do with the message this morning? Joshua is preparing to die. He realizes that his earthly life is coming to a close, and as such, he brings together or calls two meetings. Joshua chapter 23, he has a meeting of the elders and the leaders of the people. And in Joshua 24, he has a meeting of all of the nation of Israel. You see, Joshua has realized that another generation is about to take the reins of leadership. That he is passing off the stage. And Eliezer, the second high priest, is about to die. And now another generation is going to be rising and coming onto the scenes to take over. And here's what he sees. He sees and he recognizes and he knows that this generation did not see the parting of the Jordan River. They did not witness the destruction of Jericho and how God marvelously delivered them from Ai. This was a generation that's about to take leadership that did not see the great things of the previous generation. So Joshua decides that in his last public address, he needs to remind this upcoming generation that the God they serve is an incredible God. We live in a day, I'm sad to say, where far too many have forgotten about the glory and the power of God. I say that because one of the questions that I got asked, and again, I'm glad I didn't make the article, was this, do you think church is still relevant for the 21st century? She went on to ask, is church relevant for subsequent generations? And we talked about the iGen generation or Generation Z and the millennials. Is church still relevant? And I said to her, and I don't mind if she were to quote me on this, I told her she could. It didn't make the article. But church is as relevant today as it's ever been in history. It is important today. The crises, the challenges that younger generations face today, they need church more than ever. Our children have got to be exposed to the power and the presence of God. So with the help of the Lord, I want to give you a message that I've entitled, A New Generation Still Needs the Old Message. A New Generation Still Needs the Old Message. Three things I'll invite you to note with me. Number one, note with me Joshua's concerns. In The first eight verses of what we just read, Joshua identifies three separate things that he says, I'm bringing this to your attention. I'm reminding you of this. I'm letting you know what I'm seeing. I submit to you this morning that the things that Joshua identified as being concerns are are still concerns today in 21st century America. What are they? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse number 6, please. He says, Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses that you turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left hand. I'm paraphrasing that to say Joshua is worried about their spiritual complacency. Their spiritual complacency. He says to them, folks, you're God's people. Don't take the law of Moses for granted. Understand that you are a chosen people. God called you out. He selected you. You are special in God's eyes. Don't take for granted that he gave you the law of Moses. This identifies you as special. So don't become complacent and apathetic in your walk with God. Want you to hear me, folks. The sins of complacency and apathy are some of the most common and devastating sins facing America today. Let me give it to you another way. And Brother Eddie just alluded to this. He's dead on smart and dead on correct. Most of us in 21st century America, we have it pretty doggone good. Amen. You compare yourselves right now. I hear the things that my dad had to endure uh, when he was a youngster. And, and the, the, the work that he would had to endure before he got up to go to school. And the military life that he led. And the three and four jobs that he and mother worked just to put food on the table. And shoes on our feet. Uh, and surely to give us a place to lay our head at night. Uh, and I'm reminded of the fact uh, that in 21st century America, even the poorest among us uh, is wealthier than 98% percent of the world we have it pretty good in this country we have it pretty good here in america one of the things i find so frustrating today and i promise not to be political but i do find it frustrating that we have seemingly become addicted to outrage We got to be outraged over something. We got to be mad about something. Hey, look at me, folks. We need to be realized and we need to understand that God has blessed us. He's blessed our church. He's blessed our homes. He's blessed our families. And He's been too good for us to become satisfied and complacent for Him. It's no time to be satisfied, there is work to be done in this county, this country, and this community. He also fears, number one, not only their complacency. I hope you'll keep in me. He fears their spiritual compromise. Look at verse number seven. He says, uh, Joshua does, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, Neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. That's pretty blunt, church. Joshua says to the leaders and then subsequently to the entire nation, you are different. Now act like it. He fears their compromise. He worries that they'll compromise who they are and begin to worship these false idols. It's one of the reasons that the command to destroy them was so real. They got tricked into not doing that, the Israelites did. So now they're in a position where Joshua says, don't bow to them. Don't even mention their names. Don't interact with those false gods because they will influence you if you're not careful. Haven't we seen that in 21st century America today? Have we not seen that even in our fundamental churches? Uh, you hear what I'm about to say, uh, and please mark it down. I want SAGBC uh, to be packed to the gills, uh, but not if it means we got a compromise to do it. Uh, I'd rather have 40 uh, who, are, yeah, man, I'd rather have 40 uh, who are standing with me on the fundamentals of the faith uh, than 400 who want to compromise what the word of God says. He fears their complacency. He fears their compromise. Number three, keep amen in me. He fears their lack of commitment. Uh Uh-oh. Look at verse 8. But cleave unto the Lord your God, as you have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from among you great nations and strong. As for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. You know what that word cleave means? It means adhere to, hold on to, keep within your grasp, don't let go. It speaks to the affectionate hug, if you will, between a husband and wife or a parent and a child where you hold so tight that you don't want to let go. He fears, Joshua does. That the ease of life that they have today will make them let go or loosen their grip on the things of God. One of the reasons I'm convinced that previous generations were so much more dedicated to God is because they knew they needed God. They knew they were dependent upon God. They didn't have the wealth that we do, uh, and I mean that relatively speaking. Uh, You understand, folks, don't look at me crazy. Uh, You understand that your grandparents and your great-grandparents, they didn't have two, three, and four cars in their driveway. They didn't have a closet full of clothes, and they didn't have a cupboard full of food. Uh, They had to make do with a whole lot less than what we had to make do with. I mean, most of us, if you're like me at my house, uh, you stand in front of a cupboard full of groceries uh, and a freezer full of stuff, uh, and you think to yourself, we ain't got nothing to eat. We got more than what we can do with, uh, stop looking at each other, look right up here at me, amen. And you get so discouraged and despondent that you ain't got nothing to eat uh, that you go to Walmart and buy a whole bunch more, and you ain't even got room to put it in your cupboards. Exactly right. You understand, folks, that with that kind of luxury, with that kind of ease, uh, comes the temptation to spiritually let go of God because we're not depending upon God for our next meal. We're, yeah, man, We're not depending upon God for where the next product's going to come from. We've got it all figured out, we think. And so Joshua says to the Israelites, you better be real careful You better not let go of your commitment to God. Hey, look at me, folks. Uh, Of everything I'm about to say, this is the most important. What worries me the most is that far too many people today uh, have a take-it-or-leave-it attitude about the things of God. I'm not questioning salvation. I'm not questioning whether or not they're going to heaven. I'm saying to you that there are far too many Christians today for whom church and worship and the things of God don't really take precedence. We want enough God to keep our kids off drugs, to keep them out of jail, and that's it. You listen to me, folks. Uh, Our ancestors had it figured out when they realized uh, that faith matters uh, and commitment matters. uh, And the things of God, if we want them to matter to our kids and grandkids, they got to matter to us. Amen. Notice this morning, number one, we said that Joshua's concerns. Notice, secondly, Joshua's challenge. Jump with me, if you would, please. Down to verse number 11. Because in that one simple opening phrase, Joshua reminds them they need to be careful about the wrath of God. Verse 11. Take good heed. Take good heed. Can I paraphrase that for you? He says, you better be careful. You better recognize that if you serve the Lord, he'll bless you. But you better also realize if you disobey the Lord, there will be consequences. Understand, folks, uh, that the challenge uh, that Joshua gives uh, in verse number 11 is the crux of this whole address that he gives. Uh, you better watch yourselves. Uh, if I can say it to you this way, he says, you know better man, You know better. My mama, I've told you this many times uh, when I was a child, and I would go out the door whether I'm going to school or especially if I was going on a date or if I were going out with friends. Mama would always say the same thing. Greg, be smart. For the longest time, I couldn't figure that out. I used to think to myself, well, what do you think I'm going to do, mama? Be dumb? Smart did not mean intelligence. Smart meant you better behave yourself. Smart meant you better know who you are and that it's not just your name that you might be raking through the mud. It's me and your daddy's name. It's our testimony. It's your church's testimony. You better watch yourself and don't forget who you are. I remember many times I've shared this story with you, but when I turned 16 years of age, my daddy gave me the keys to a very, very, very used Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme in one hand, and and, and a job application to Kroger's that he had already completed and all I had to do was sign. And I can promise you, if I didn't sign, he won't above forgery. I looked at the Oldsmobile and I said, Daddy, the headliner's in the seat. He pulled out a tray of stick pins and said, Bazinga. And I said, what am I supposed to do with that? By the time we were done, there were 20,000 stick pins in that cutlass. I said, Daddy, this looks awful. I had a little girlfriend named Tanya. He looked at me and he said, she'll, Tanya'll think they're just stars. <laughs> and then he looked at me and he said, you want to keep this? Your grades better not suffer. You're not going to quit your job. You're not going to skip church. You need to understand that this is a gift. And I quote, he said, I gave it and I can take it away. What he said to me was, you better be careful. Understand, you didn't get this yourself. It's a gift that I'm giving to you, and if I give it to you, I can take it away. Here's the crux, church. The blessings of this life that we enjoy, they don't come because we did it. The good good things of life that we have, the car that you drove, the clothes that you're wearing, the glorious food that we'll have downstairs today, it's not because of you. It's because of what God gave to you, and what he gave, he can take away tomorrow. Amen church Understand that when Joshua says take heed He's reminding them about the wrath of God We don't preach enough about that folks That don't draw a crowd That doesn't put uh, Jeffersons in the offering plate (laughs) It don't put too many Washingtons in there either You talk about the wrath of God, folks don't get excited about it. But I am reminded that Paul says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Notice, not only does he talk about the wrath of God. In chapter 24, if you'll flip with me, he talks about the works of God the sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but in verses 1 through 13, Joshua gives a powerful history lesson. Let me remind you that he is now speaking to what I'm going to call third generation Israelites. The first generation, Moses and Miriam and, and Aaron, those that led the Israelites through the desert up to the edge of the promised land. They're gone. Then there was the second generation, Joshua, when he took over course, you know Joshua and Caleb were the only ones of the first generation allowed into the promised land. But now there's Eliezer, the son of Aaron, who becomes the high priest. There's a whole second generation that watched as God allowed the Israelites to sweep from east to west and take over the promised land. They saw the incredible things this second generation, but now they're dying. So Joshua is reminding the third generation Here's what God did for us. And he goes all the way back from Abraham. You go back and read it. He talks about Abraham. He talks about Isaac. He talks about Moses, the incredible deliverer. He talks about what God did in Jericho. And verse after verse, he summarizes by saying, Hey, y'all, God's been good to us. On this 243rd anniversary of the founding of America, may I make one simple statement? God's been good to this country. Too good for us to turn our back on him now. And God knows why that's a political statement, but somehow it has become one. May I say to you, eight and a half years after Amazing Grace Baptist Church and Stanley Town Baptist Church became the longest church name in America, Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist Church, he's been good to us. He's been too good to us to turn around now. I've told you this story, but I like it. It's one of my favorites. Three or four years ago at our teen conference, we're there in Pigeon Forge, we're there at the hotel, excuse me, we're in Gatlinburg at the hotel. People everywhere, 110 degrees, so hot. And I go up to the desk, and I said, I'm Pastor Greg Hodges. We're from Stanley Downs Amazing Grace Baptist Church, and we're here to check in. He's got papers lined all the way down this counter. It probably stretches a good 15 feet. He goes one by one by one by one, and I, he said, Preacher, I'm sorry, I don't have y'all. And I pulled up my app. I said, this is the phone. This is that place. We're at the right place. He says, let me check again. I said, please check with Stanley Town. Sometimes people just call it Stanley Town. So he goes down, and I don't have it. I said, well, check Amazing Grace. Sometimes people just call us Amazing Grace. And Blah, blah, blah. I don't have it. So I'm, I'm walking out the door, and I'm getting ready to text CT. What's going on? Where are we supposed to be? And he says, hey, wait a minute. Are y'all SAG B.C.? I said we've been called worse. Amen. Amen. Understand, folks, uh, God's been good to this nation. God's been good to this church. And I hope you'll amen me. God's been good to the families in this church. Yeah, we've had heartache. We've had difficulties, uh, and we'll have some more, uh, but I stand before you this morning uh, to say God has blessed this community, uh, He's blessed this church, uh, He's blessed the families in this church, uh, and He's been too good to us for us to turn our back on Him now. Reminder about the works, the wrath. Would you please jump to me, jump with me, please, to verse 14? Quickly. Because not only does Joshua remind him about the wrath and the works, Joshua reminds them about the will of God. Please note verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. That's good advice, right there, folks. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, my Bible tells me. You mean, what do you mean, preaching? You should be afraid of God. You better believe it. How many of you understand that that if you had a daddy like mine, you know he loved you, but you could get a little bit afraid of him? Amen. I have to tell you, I wasn't spanked a whole lot. I didn't need it. But when I got it, it was a good one. The hardest I was ever disciplined in my life. Was not for what I said to mama, excuse me, to daddy, but when I sassed mama. Nothing to set with my daddy. Uh, he, I, I could say things to him and do to him things I couldn't do to mama. If I did it to mama, it was on. And I knew that when that happened, I was a little bit afraid of my daddy. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying having a healthy fear of authority ain't a bad thing. Amen. Verse 14. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. Seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in the land you dwell. Boys, some of you can recite this with me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. People answered and said, "God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. The Lord our God he, For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us out up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage, and, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. The Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land therefore. We will we also serve the Lord, for He is our God. Every time I quote that last phrase of 24:15, as for me and my house we will serve the Lord, there's always a resounding amen, as there should be. But you know what I realized this week in preparing for this? As I read verse 15, it dawned on me. I don't know why it had dawned on me before, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. Everybody's not going to serve the Lord. He looks at the Israelites and said, you got to make up your mind. You can serve the gods over there. You can serve the Amorites. You can serve the gods over of the, of there on the other side of Jordan. But in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But y'all got to make up your minds. You know what that says to me? Even among God's people. The Israelites, everybody's not going to serve God. Let me give you the application. I hope you'll amen me. Listen, the whole church doesn't have to serve God for you to serve God. Everybody at church is not going to be 100% committed. Everybody in the faith is not going to be 100% committed. Uh, Our standard is not our relatives, uh, our church members, uh, our friends, our neighbors. Our standard is none other than Jesus Christ. That's who we compare ourselves to quickly. I've got to move. Joshua's concern, Joshua's challenge, and finally, Joshua's covenant. To all of this spiritual, uplifting message. Joshua's last official act, his entire life and ministry that we know of, is to get them to renew their covenant, their promise with the Lord. Chapter 24, please jump to verse 25. You'll note that as a sign of this covenant, there was a great stone prepared. Verse 25 says, Joshua made a covenant with the people that day set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law and took a great stone, set it there under an oak that was, the, that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man to his own inheritance. As family after family after family recommitted themselves to God, Joshua set a giant stone and says, This is our commemoration. This is our witness. This is evidence. Lest you forget about it, this will be your reminder." Can I give you an important application this morning, folks? We need some spiritual stones in our lives. I'm not going to tell you to do what I do, but here's what I like to do. When I'm in a service and God puts something on my heart that I want to commit to, I like to jot it down in the fly leaf of my Bible. You know why? Because when things get tough, I like to flip back to that and remind myself, here's what I promised God I was going to do. We need some recommitments today, folks. Uh, We need some re-engagement today, folks. Not only was there a great stone, I'm done with this. Listen carefully. It's so critical. There were also some grave stones. Verses 29 through 33, five verses, tell us about three deaths. And I want to tell you what I think each tombstone says. Hear me and I'm done. Notice, please, verse 29, you get the first gravestone came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of... The... Did you see that? Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua... All the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. When Moses parted off the scene, the Israelites correctly wondered, who's going to lead us now? who's going to take over the helm of leadership uh, our spiritual leader uh, our first generation leaders are gone and Joshua steps up to the mantle serves god and israel follows god under Joshua's leadership uh, i believe that Joshua's gravestone could say it pays to serve god every time the israelites walked by the gravestone of Joshua they would be reminded that it pays To serve God. Those who serve the Lord will soon be reminded that God is faithful. May I make a bold statement, church? I've been doing this for a lot of years. And I've had a whole lot of people tell me that they wish they'd gotten right sooner. I've never heard a single person say they regretted serving God. Not a single solitary person has ever told me I regret. I've had a thousand of them say, I wish I'd have done this a whole lot sooner. Gravestone number two, verse 32. And the, this, is, this is astounding. The bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem, And a parcel of ground which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. It became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. For the sake of time, we'll not go back and read it. But you look at the end of chapter 50 of Genesis, verses 24 through 26. And you will find that as Joseph is breathing his last breath, he says, I want to be buried back at my homeland. What? What? They're in Egypt. There's been no mention of Moses. There's been no mention of deliverance. And he says, I want to be buried back at home to the average person. We'd look at that and say, that's not possible. Fast forward 400 years later. 400 years of slavery made it even more impossible. But God raised a deliverer who when they escaped to Egypt brought with them the bones of Joseph. And now, some 500 years after he makes the statement, the grave has been dug for Joseph, and the bones of Joseph are buried at home. What are you saying, preacher? I believe that the gravestone of Joseph could shout from the rooftop, God can do the impossible finally this morning we're done gravestone number 3 verse 33 Eliezer the son of Aaron died they buried him in a hill that pertained to Phinehas his son which was given him in Mount Ephraim Eliezer as most of you know the son of Aaron that means that Eliezer was the second high priest first generation dead buried second generation leaders are now about to be dead including their spiritual leader the high priest surely this is a time of mourning undoubtedly it is uh, but I believe uh, that this third uh, death if you will uh, says uh, simply this uh, the tombstone says times change but God's word remains the same you know it is undoubtedly a shame and a heartache and a tragedy when veteran soldiers of the cross pass from the scene. Look, church, in the last eight and a half years where we've been to joint church, we've buried some precious saints of God. Here's what I promise you. We'll bury some more. But what's even more tragic than burying soldiers of the cross is when nobody picks up their mantle. God give us some third generation Christians who will say, I'll be counted on. I'll not let the compromise take over my family, my society, or my generation. I will stand even if I have to stand alone. Times change, but God's word remains the same. Let's stand to our feet, folks. Thank you for your attention this morning. Thank you for your kindness. Brother Ken will get us a song to sing. I'm going to ask two quick questions this morning, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm just going to ask you to take action. If you're here this morning and you want to join me at this altar, say, I want to be another generation. I'm talking first of all to the young folks teenagers, young adults I want to be another generation that can be counted on to serve the Lord. I'm going to take a stand if nobody else does maybe there's some mamas and daddies some grandmas and grandpas who will say I'm going to lead my children in that direction even if nobody else does. I don't want you to raise your hand but I want you to join me right here at this altar. Come on folks are moving all over you want to make your way right up to this altar me saying what Joshua said y'all can serve her, you want to but it's me and my family we're going to serve the Lord and then this morning if you're here with heads bowed and eyes closed you've never been saved you're not in the Lord's family you say pastor pray for me I need to be saved pray for me before it's too late Anyone like that this morning that would be honest and say, Pastor, pray for me. Brother Ken, one verse this morning. One verse. If you need to come, you step out right now. One verse. Enjoy lunch with us today. I'll get Brother Ken to say the blessing over the meal. Please don't wait for us to get down there. You all go ahead and get started, and I'm going to change. You'll be glad I did, trust me. And then secondly, uh, I failed to mention this during the announcements. The church is invited this Saturday to Wayside Baptist. My father-in-law is celebrating 60 years in the ministry, and uh, Wayside has invited us. They don't want any gifts, uh, nothing like that. Just come if you've got time. It's between 1.30 and 4. Let's have a good time of fellowship uh, downstairs. Brother Ken dismisses and ask God's blessings over the meal if you would, sir.
2: Amen. Our Heavenly Father, God, we are thankful, Lord, for this challenge you brought through our pastor this morning. Father, may we ponder on this message, Lord, throughout the day. Father, may it be a challenge to our own lives, God, to stand up for what we believe in, and, Father, to stay faithful to you, Lord, until you call us home. God, we sure do love you this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the food we're about to partake in downstairs. Thank you for the hands that made it, Lord, and I pray, God, you would bless them for the time they put into that. Father, we sure do thank you for our pastor today. God, may we love on him, show him our appreciation to him. God, may you bless his food to the nourishment of our bodies. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.